0: You are listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting podcast. This talk was given at 5720 Ridge Avenue. For more information, check out circleofhope.net or join us in person on Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. I was talking to a friend the other day about um, a trip that Steve and I took four years ago to Seattle. It was our 10th wedding anniversary. I do too. It was great. Uh, it's the only trip we've done like that, um, but we, we wanted to do something big because it was the, our 10 year, and um, we didn't have a lot of money. So as we were considering where we could go, we thought about some friends of my parents who live in Seattle, and they had said to all of us at some point that we would they would love to have us come visit, and Seattle sounded great to me. I'd never been out there, um, so I emailed them, and sure enough, they were happy to have us come. They told us they had a guest suite on top of their garage, um, but it wasn't finished yet. But they assured us that we could come anyway, and we could stay in their house, that it was big enough, there was room for us. So we made plans, and we went. And I was telling my friend how amazing it was to be welcomed by them. We got there, and they were ready to receive us. The room was ready they took our luggage they showed us around the house uh, so we could get w- literally whatever we needed it was it was like their house was ours um, the laundry food the whole half of the upstairs we had our own bathroom our own room they showed us around their gardens outside they, they literally had gardens plural They they wanted to make sure that we knew, uh, we had information about where we could go, things we could see. They gave us their bikes and his brand new truck, pickup truck, to transport them to the bike trail. Yeah, wow, right? Uh, So it's worth noting that obviously they had a lot of resources and they were generously offering them to us. But their welcome wasn't significant because of that. That just happened to be an extra perk. Uh, It was significant because apart from anything that we had done to earn it or our ability to pay them, they wanted us to be at home, and they made all that was theirs ours so that we could experience the beauty of this place in its fullness. They They were just truly full of joy to have us there and for us to experience the beauty of Seattle. And we did. We saw things that took my breath away. And of course, pictures don't do it justice, but I'm going to show you a few anyway, uh, because I know that you understand that the experience of being there is so much more than this image, right? But it was awe-inspiring. Being physically next to this massive redwood was, was comforting. The staggering beauty of these mountains Quieted me, and the icy cold glacier runoff of the stream was a relief to my inflamed feet. I don't think I got that picture in there. Their garden, oh, there it is, sorry, there's the stream. The intricacy of the flowers in their garden just held my attention. I just sat there in the mornings meditating and taking in the beauty. Their welcome allowed us to have this transformational experience. Advent is for that kind of welcome. Not only are you welcomed here, but we are being welcomed by Jesus. We are the strangers being welcomed by God into this new home in Jesus. Paradoxically, as he makes his home in us, through the birth of Christ, God is extending his cosmic welcome to us in a form that we can receive and relate to in the flesh of Jesus. God is saying, all that I have is yours. Be welcomed. I have anticipated your homecoming and am ready to receive you. Let me take your baggage. Don't worry, there's room for you. There's so much I wanna show you and so much I want you to experience. I am making a way. And the beginning of this Advent journey starts with the prophets. Because the people of Israel were a people who were longing for home. They were longing for freedom from their oppressors and to be at rest as a nation. And at times they were so desperate to end their suffering, they forgot that God was making a way for them. Even after they had experienced like miraculous signs of God's presence with them, they would turn their loves to other gods and they would suffer under foreign rule and exile and wander from this truth of who they are as God's chosen people. So God sent them messengers in the form of prophets, like Erica told us earlier, to remind them to turn back to God. The prophet Isaiah had many warnings for the people of Israel, but he also points them towards hope. He records this joyful hymn of prophecy in Isaiah 9, celebrating either the birth or the enthronement of a king in Jerusalem that would usher in an age of peace, justice, and righteousness. On a people living in darkness, a light would dawn. He would be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. But this king was not what they expected. They, the, king would, the king who would put everything to right would come as a vulnerable baby, a displaced Galilean born away from his people and his home, fleeing his country with his parents when his life was in danger. We've seen in the news what our country does with vulnerable children who flee with their parents for, for safety. And we're told to fear the refugee. Isaiah spoke to that kind of misguided fear in his time. His testimony in chapter 8 was that the Lord spoke to me, taking hold of me and warning me not to walk in the way of this people. Don't call conspiracy all that this people call conspiracy. Don't fear what they fear. Don't be terrified. It is the king, it is the lord of heavenly forces whom you, hold, whom you should hold sacred, whom you should fear, whom you should hold in awe. God will become a sanctuary. Isaiah railed against the arrogance of oppressing nations and the emptiness of human greatness. He warned that people and, and, and whole societies who pay no attention to the demands of justice, won't stand. God's enemies are bound for destruction. Let's listen to Isaiah and and have our own prophetic voice against the powers that be. When we don't, we might be misguided. And as Isaiah would say, consult the dead on behalf of the living. In the second section of Isaiah, In the book of Isaiah, chapter 53, there's another poetic prophecy that helps us to see the extent of this welcome that we have through Jesus. And this is how far he goes to welcome us. He becomes the stranger among us, the suffering servant. He surrenders his home with God to be made in human form, to take on the full experience of being human in all of its complexities. He suffers with us and on our behalf in order for us to see, hear, and touch a God who knows every part of us. All the parts of you that feel undecided, unkept, undone, unactualized, unknown, all of you is welcomed by God. This season is an opportunity to bring our whole self into the reality of Jesus' birth. We are welcoming the stranger in ourselves. We don't have to, we don't have to hide the unseemly parts. And the parts of us that would, we would rather not face have already been faced by Jesus. Isaiah, in the Message Version, says, chapter 53, Oh, that's really small. I'm sorry. I will read it to you. Who would have thought God's saving power would look like this? The servant grew up before God, a scrawny seedling, a scrubby plant in a parched field. There was nothing attractive about him, nothing to cause us to take a second look. He was looked down on and passed over, a man who suffered, who knew pain firsthand, One look at him and people turned away. We looked down on him, thought he was scum. But the fact is, it was our pains he carried, our disfigurements, all the things wrong with us. We thought he brought it on himself, that God was punishing him for his own failures. But it was our sins that did that to him, that ripped and tore and crushed him, our sins. He took the punishment. And that made us whole. Through his bruises, we are healed. My cell was talking about, uh, was asking some real, raw questions about sin and about how a belief in Jesus dying on the cross connects to our everyday lives and the lives of the people that we see and hear and touch. And there's all sorts of things that you can know and read and study about atonement theories. We've written a lot about that um, for you online. But I want to point us to the invitation that God is making to us through Jesus in Advent. It's not about a set of beliefs, but an embodied invitation through a servant king whose kingdom is so upside down from the way of the world that he was despised. He was a stranger. The welcome that God is making through Jesus, is a tangible human one, because he experienced all that we experience. The stranger in you is welcome, too. He knows, Jesus knows the strange and estranged parts of you. Advent is like a home in Seattle, where your arrival is anticipated. Everything is yours, where you get to experience something that takes your breath away. It might help you to go to a place without words, a place in yourself that feels strange even to you. There is space to release unacknowledged sorrow and shame. The darkness of doubt and fear can be exposed to the light. You don't have to make sense of it all before you come to Jesus. Welcome your own self, for you are the stranger that Jesus is welcoming, and his welcome is good. He is called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Thanks for listening to Circle of Hope's Sunday Meeting Podcast. If you want to talk about it or get connected to a cell, you can find one under our Connect drop-down at circleofhope.net.